to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I did not breathe that whole intro. I forgot to, and I got through, so chalk it up to voice lessons I took in high school for a little bit in college, because I guess I know how to keep breath inside my inside my back. Ms. Grandman really did a number on me. Didn't think it would work out in my podcasting career, but here we go. <laughs> Anyway, that's not what I planned to say at the top of the show. What I planned to say is that I am ready and borderline desperate to go back to a theme park. I basically had one week of being back in Los Angeles after such a long and wonderful Disney World trip. And I just caught up on work and spent time with my dog and went on hikes and walked around town. And now I'm like eight or nine days into normal life outside of a place that just plays background music looping from sunrise to sunset. And I'm ready. I'm ready to be back in a themed environment and to get my tush in a theme park, which if all goes according to plan, will happen today. Will happen right when you're listening to this today. Uh, I'm going to Universal Studios Hollywood and I'm stoked because I just renewed my pass and I spoke about this online already. So excuse me if you've seen it, but I cannot believe that by upgrading to the top tier pass, I get express entry into every ride and attraction that has it after 3 p.m., like the shows, the mummy, everything. I can just ride Revenge of the Mummy over and over and over as an afternoon thrill once I finish work in the morning. Are you kidding me? I may never be as motivated as I will be soon (laughs) once I start visiting the park again. This really like opens up a world of productivity for me because I no longer have a co-working space. My experimentation with treadmill desking this past week has made me vaguely nauseous. So now I can just rotate between doing work while eating fish and chips and walking upright and trying to do so gracefully while sending dumb tweets. But alas... Nothing is more exciting. I mean, everything is more exciting than a treadmill desk and how it's been going. But nothing is more exciting than what we've got on deck this week with Andrew Barth Feldman, Linguini incarnate himself. Whether you know him from Broadway or the TikTok Ratatouille musical or from him being your future best friend, which you will yearn for after this episode, I promise this one is a hoot. Andrew, without a doubt, knows more than all of us combined about these parks. A true expert, a deep-rooted fan, and a talent who just so happens to have spent all his formative years at Bay Lake flopping around these parks. But most of all, I am thrilled to be bringing you yet another Hidden Mickey! Andrew Barth Feldman joins Robin Lopez, Taryn Killam, and Paul Shear as our esteemed Hidden Mickeys. As you've noticed, we have interviews with people who are also in entertainment, who are also Disney fans, and I don't know why some of these are Hidden Mickeys and some aren't. I, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me to explain it. But for some reason, I know in my bones that Andrew Barth Feldman is... So we're going with it, okay? We're just, we're going with it. It's great. We have a lot of interviews lined up for future months that are not Hidden Mickeys. We have a couple that are dancing around the idea of being Hidden Mickeys. So don't even worry about it because I have some other news I have to share with you, which I don't want to, which is that we are taking next week off. Yes, I tried to slip that in real casual, but yes, we are taking next week off. It has been a banner three weeks jam-packed with incredible interviews and our beloved editor Jeff is going on a well-deserved vacation. So I am turning everything in early and following his lead and taking a little break for myself. I mean, it's not a break. I will be planning future episodes, but usually we would end the season here and then disappear for four months. <laughs> I'm desperately working to avoid that. So I appreciate your understanding. Thank you in advance. It'll be a short little week off and then we will be back in action. So with that, we will get into this episode. Stick around. You're going to love this one. It is so much fun. Fun. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This week, we have Andrew Barthfeldman on Very Amusing. And if that name sounds vaguely familiar to you, or not familiar at all, let me catch you up to speed. This young musical prodigy is not only a singer-songwriter, the former star of Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, and Antoine on High School the Musical, no, I did it wrong, High School Musical the Musical the Series, there we go, but also Linguini from the TikTok Ratatouille Musical, the TikTok Ratatouille Musical, which I know most of us watched and loved. But most of all, more than that, Andrew is a major, major, major Disney fan, like perhaps the biggest fan I've ever spoken to, which is why him restaging another run of his sold out one adult Disney fan show later this month at 54 Below in New York City is such a big deal, especially for us. It's called Park Map, and it's a mix of music, storytelling, and, you know, the odd live reenactment of Fantasmic that had me howling, by the way, in my office alone. But what's even better about all this is that when I say Andrew's an expert, I am not kidding around. I'm not just saying that to be nice. This is the type of show for people like us. There are clips on YouTube if you're interested, but there's even a point in his show where he pulls questions out of a hat, well, names of attractions out of a Boba Fett cup, and spends 45 seconds telling the audience as much as he knows about the attractions and could go on for many more minutes. This dude knows everything. So naturally, his Disney likes and Disney gripes in this episode are packed with a very strong punch indeed. Now, when we recorded this maybe about six weeks ago, I thought I might be able to make it to New York to see Park Map in person. Sadly, I was not able to travel again because I'm tired after Disney World. But the show is May 20th, 22nd, 23rd, and 25th of 2022, if you're listening to this in the future. But if you're like me and you're like, no, I'm not in New York. I can't see this. What do I do? Do not fret because there are also tickets to a live stream performance on May 23rd, which I have bought mine for. And I'm absolutely beyond jazzed to watch. I'll post a link to that in the show notes because it's a little tricky to find online. The show ran before, so the old links come up first. But if you want to join in on the live stream party, definitely check it out. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. There are a few housekeepy things I want to flag up top. First of all, for any parents listening to this episode, everything is appropriate in terms of language, but there are two content instances I want to flag that may be vaguely troublesome for younger kids if you're listening with them in the car or in the room. I will put exact timestamps for this in the show notes, but the first is at the very beginning of the interview, we reference character costumes, and later in the interview, we discuss an incident that happened in the parks many, many years ago, one of those old, kind of urban legendy, creepy Disney things, an untimely demise, which, again, I will put exact timestamps for in the show notes. Also, uh, PR people, do not call me about that. <laughs> it's on Wikipedia. We all know about it. Not my fault. Not my fault. It came up. I didn't bring it up. Not my fault. <laughs> also, we do discuss Shrek Sember in this episode and Figment as a possible entry into that seasonal celebration. But we mentioned the word keepa. And if this is new to you, it is a 
religious Jewish head covering that usually younger boys wear and and men. But the one we're referencing is specifically for younger boys. And I made a very inside baseball joke about it on the episode, but I don't want to I don't want to gatekeep my young Judaism joke. So I will link out to what I'm talking about in the show notes so that you are able to laugh along with us. And the final item, I must also publicly thank my friend Jeffrey, host of the D23 Inside Disney podcast, which is incredible, by the way, uh, who had Andrew on the show and was like, you should totally get him for Hidden Mickeys. And boy, was Jeffrey correct, because after this hour-long discussion with Andrew, we talked for like another two, two and a half hours, <laughs> just gabbing, just gabbing about Disney. And so now I, by default, consider Andrew a close personal friend of mine or a member of my uh, my Muppets social media inner circle, which will make much more sense to you once you hear this episode and him discuss his impeccable Twitter feed. So with no further distraction, here is our illustrious guest, the talent, the hilarious, the very, very fun Andrew Barth Feldman. Andrew, welcome to Very Amusing! Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. Uh, the pleasure is completely all mine. I am so excited. There is nobody else I would rather talk to about theme parks and get every single opinion uh, that you have. <laughs> well, Carly, I when I heard, I, I was I wanted to wait to say this until when we were recording, because when I heard about your podcast, I went and I looked it up, and I immediately found the episode you did on the DreamWorks Water Park, and... I love the DreamWorks Water Park and nobody talks about the DreamWorks Water Park. I was like, I think we're going to, I think we're kindred spirits. I think this is going to be huge. Oh my God. Have you gone? Yes. I have. Nobody's gone. Well, nobody's Nobody. gone that can like, what that wants to talk about it. It's like families and stuff, which is what it should be. And that's great. But like, I went with my freaking girlfriend. I was like, please, can we go? I've been talking about this for so long. And it was really her like gift to me to, to go to the DreamWorks Water Park with me. And it was the best day. It was the, it is a day I look back upon so fondly because it's great. It's so great. And I'm dying laughing because I went in a very similar situation. It was my birthday <laughs> and my husband drove me there. So it was very much he was a prisoner, uh, which may not be your exact <laughs> setup, but I made him go. That for my is birthday my exact setup. Yes. yes, yes. That is the exact setup. I thought they did a wonderful job. I thought it looked great. I thought the interiors were nice. It felt like an upscale indoor water park. You could see the city. Yes, you could. And the slides are very good. It's a very good water park. Yes. I'm so appreciative uh, that you understand it. But I do have to ask, did you also have the opportunity to meet Shrek whilst wearing a bathing suit? Uh, not <laughs> Shrek, but I actually have a really good story about meeting King Julie. Yes. I feel awesome about this story. So we obviously like we didn't have our phones with us, so we couldn't really take a picture of King Julia. But my girlfriend is a huge fan of Madagascar. Like their favorite movie is um, Madagascar Escape to Africa. Literally, she knows it by heart. And so we were walking into the Lazy River. We passed King Julia. And I'm like, oh, my God, there he is. And like we go kind of like meet him, like just say hi. We're like, oh, my God, that's so funny. We're getting in the Lazy River. And the vantage point is one so that like he can he quote unquote, can still kind of like see us. And, and we turn and look back up at King Julian and he's like pointing at me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's pointing at me and, and then he starts blowing me kisses. And I'm like, oh, thank you, King Julian. I put kisses back. And we start going out the Lazy River and I was like, that was crazy. And, and Helen, my significant other, is like, King Julian just recognized you. Is that what that was? I think, I think so. Because it happened again, we came back and I realized it must be true that the overlap of like, 
teenagers playing characters at the DreamWorks water park and people who know who I am is probably like 100%. Like it's probably the same people. <laughs> so that was awesome. That was when I got recognized by King Julian probably. Did, did you ever think you would go to DreamWorks water park and you would be the celebrity and not a DreamWorks character? <laughs> <laughs> No, what a crazy sentence. No, it's, it, it happened actually, funnily enough, a few weeks earlier, but this is less interesting at the American Dream also, but at the Nickelodeon Universe theme park, not, but it wasn't Chase from Paw Patrol. It was the person walking Chase from Paw Patrol around with Chase, Chase's handler. So that's less interesting, but it's pretty funny. Well, we, we have to get into it because I, I wrote down way yeah. too many things that I have to talk to you about. What is the vibe when you go to Disney World? Because you are a fan, you know everything inside and out like many of us do. How do you approach a trip back to the mothership? Okay, this is an awesome question. So I went, I did two trips in the same month because it was my first trip back and I was going to go with my friends, but it's a really special thing to my brother and I. So um, I wanted to do a trip with him really fast. So we went and then for a weekend and then two weeks later, I went with my friends, um, which was awesome. And it was my first trip back after the pandemic with my brother and I. It was very like where do like we do it, you know, like we learned everything we could about Genie Plus. We crushed Genie Plus because it was also early Genie Plus. So like it was pretty easy to manipulate. And so like we were going for it. It's about conquering for the two of us. It's about accomplishing and like having that sort of nostalgic thing with my friends. On the other hand, it was a very different trip. And I had to very keep, much keep myself in check to be like, I'm not this is not about accomplishing anything but that being said they very much like deferred to me as to just take us around and just whatever we do it's up to you because i'm so loud about it all the time but luckily i was also we were with a friend of ours who is uh has the latitude enough to acquire a guide for us and so for a few days we, we did the plaid shirt thing which was my first time doing it and it was what it's wild it's a completely different thing they say a lot of people say like oh it's gonna ruin disney for you and it didn't for me like i like it for sometimes and i like it for sometimes that it's just for me to do my own thing and and do it on my own but i really did like it i mean just seeing backstage is great is really crazy like for me specifically like my friends are kind of like oh wow you know it's kind of like the magic broken but i'm like navi river journey and flight of passage are in one building my friends definitely know a lot about what's going on but they don't want to talk about it all the time <laughs> like yes. i, I want to talk about it all the time and certainly they'll find it interesting and if there's something that i know they'll find interesting i'll include everybody and i'll throw a fun fact but truly it got to the point sometimes where I would be like, do you guys want to hear a fun fact about this? And my friends would be like, listen, we have to set boundaries and be honest with you. No, not right now, honestly. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. Which is so, that's like one of the main things that tour guides do is that they like provide fun facts throughout the park. <laughs> yeah. And that's like your baseline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, I would love to catch all the listeners up on kind of your Walt Disney World history, because I know Disney theme parks played sure. a huge part in your childhood all the way through until now. But what kind of frequency were you visiting Disneyland and Disney World with throughout your life? How often were you there? Or, or did you go constantly at the same time? What was that whole situation? Yeah, at a, at a base level, we my family and I were going to Disney World once a year for three weeks. Woo! <laughs> when I was when I was growing up, we would rent a house, bring the whole family and like the dogs and everything down, drive and be there for three weeks. So that was the base level. And then on any given year, someone in my family would have like a business trip to California. So we'd all go and go to Disneyland. 
Um, we did a few trips to Europe. So twice we went to Disneyland Paris. Um, so I, I, people ask how many times I've been to the park and I don't know, I don't know the answer, but it's certainly far upwards of 20 because that's about how old I am. So like, it's, 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 we went a lot. We went quite a bit. It was, it was a real like ancestral thing for us to go. Oh my God. It's so interesting because I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone who visited for that long because that kind of yeah. adds up to having lived there. It really, like three weeks is a really long time, especially when you're that young. Like it's like an eternity. I remember it a lot of, a lot of it really vividly. Um, and you know what? There's enough to do. There is enough to do for three weeks, especially the way my family did it. We're like, we'd maybe split up and like my grandparents would call my mom and be like, Hey, it's not raining over here in animal kingdom. And then we'd drive over like, you know, like we would just go and do it and take our time. And we do downtown Disney as it was at the time. And we would go to universal and, and like maybe sea world, you know, there's a, there's so much to do in not, I'm not trying to do an ad for the state of Florida <laughs> right now, but there's so much, there's so much to do around that, that it was a, it was some of the best trips ever. Oh my God. I, I have a bunch of things I do want to ask you about your show park map and other stuff, but I also just like really want to have you have the opportunity to yell about things you love <laughs> up top. I'm sure it's going to happen. You don't have to give me the opportunity no, for me I to do it. Don't listen, <laughs> I like, I thought about it and I realized that I don't know some of your thoughts on very specific things, including, Oh wow. I don't know any of your takes on parades. <laughs> Wow. Oh, God. What's funny is that like parades and fireworks shows and stuff like that, like were not so huge for me growing up because my family would always take those opportunities to go on rides because it's it's so not crowded then because everyone's at the parade or the show. But now now that we're like me and my brother, now that we're a bit older, we both love to watch the parades and the fireworks. So I I love like Festival of Fantasy blew our minds. Um I, I think what's funny is th the most nostalgia that I have for any of them is the Pixar play parade in Disneyland. Like, like seeing those characters walk around, I was like, God, that's awesome. There they are. You know, it's really great. We loved, um, see, I don't, I don't have a lot of like historical opinions, just like personal, but we, we loved, um, we, we got to do Christmas this last time and it was the first parade back from the pandemic was the, the very Merry Christmas parade. And, um, God, Santa was black and we were so excited, like, like, and more excited than two Jewish white guys really should be for any reason. But we were like, oh my God, like we were just so excited about that. And also seeing like Max from like, I love when you see the weird characters and the country bears characters were out. Max from a goofy movie was part of the parade. That's really that. Okay. That, I guess that's my opinion on parade. If you can throw a weird, uh, a weird character in there, that's where it's at. Like I love in magic happens when you have all these big floats like Moana and whatever. And then there's just a little spot for Merlin to be there. And there's a little sort of stern stone float. And it's like, what's this doing here? You know, I don't oh know. My God. Uh, RIP question mark magic happens. <laughs> like I know RIP question mark magic. The happens. shortest run. Hope it comes back was real good it was very cool yeah it was so cool oh so upsetting um <laughs> i know that you I, I believe your favorite ride is haunted mansion i don't know if that's favorite everything that's correct do, that's correct do you Fear have ride. a favorite do you have another ride that you love that other people don't really like but you feel like you're a champion of it 
Whoa, 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 whoa. That's, uh, you know what? I like, I, I, this is the first thing that came to mind and maybe I have a better answer, but I tend to find myself liking dinosaur more than most people. Actually, Primeval World as well, RIP. But like, I, I like it more. I'm not like, you know, yeah, going out yelling about these rides, but like, I'm always like, oh, let's do dinosaur. And everyone's like, no, that sounds horrifying. I don't want to do it because it's for real scary. But I, I don't know. I like it. I love the pre show. Um, and, and I love the ride and Primeval World. I used to really like, and now it's gone. So that is, I guess, probably the best answer because you know it's disney i like everything a lot of people like everything but um that's that's i guess probably my answer yeah okay to tee off of that and if you don't have an answer immediately maybe you do it's fine is there if you could be in any pre-show if you could be someone could be recast Mm. and it's you what role would you play what ride would it be oh don't have an answer right away i've thought about this so much (laughs) I think I would be, people have told me too, that I think I'd be a great Dr. Seeker in Dinosaur. So to keep it in Dino, in the Dinosaur family, I would love to be Dr. Seeker in like the musical adaptation of Dinosaur the Ride. Um, also, oh, um, I mean, I, stick me anywhere in the Muppets Vision 3D pre-show and I could find something because I know it by heart, I think. Um, and I would, I, God, I just love a good pre-show. Now I'm thinking about it, but though, I'll stay. I'll stay there so we can talk about other things also. Yeah, um, I mean, those well, are, once are we get good, into the Muppets realm, then we're in trouble. Uh, I know. Then we're in big yeah. trouble. <laughs> uh, I so before we chatted, I listened back to your interview on D23 Inside Disney with my friend Jeffrey Epstein, um, and I remember during that you said that you muted everyone on Twitter but the Muppets. That's right. I have a, a Muppetemic bubble, as I call it. <laughs> I listen, I've been on social media for a long time and it has not been pretty. And I have never thought of that. And that is the ideal way to do it. Yeah, it's Twitter is awesome for me because it was just I don't I don't I, I've kind of cut off all social media over the last few, I guess, like year or so, which is has been great. But as I was going through and just muting everybody on Twitter, I got to the Muppets and I was like, well, I'm not going to do that, you know, and then I ended up with a Twitter that's just Muppet. It's very good. <laughs> I feel like it can let you trick your brain into thinking you just go to school with the Muppets. It's it's funny because like it's like I want to go out on the street and be like, have you heard about, you know, this thing everyone's talking about on Twitter? And no, not everybody's talking about it. Just all the Muppets are talking about it. And that's my number one source of news <laughs> on just the Muppet. And sometimes they do something and I hear what each of them has to say about it because they each do sit like when Muppets Haunted Mansion was coming out, they each said a different thing about it. And I was like, oh, man, everybody's talking about Muppets Haunted Mansion everybody the whole world <laughs> i know it's all it's trending oh my number one the only thing even that anyone's talking about oh my god it just incredible uh we okay we <laughs> have to talk about park map because i i love it so yeah. much i hope to see oh, it in person you. hopefully if i can make it to new york during its third run second run this is the second run in new york but basically the third run yeah how exciting is that that you put the show together oh, it's and it's awesome. still happening it's awesome. I, I I really hoped that it would be something that I could have in my pocket for a while. And I think it's very likely that this is the last run kind of as is. We're, we're adding some things, but it's it's so much about my growing up and things changing that if it doesn't change as I get older, then I'm doing it wrong. So it, we're doing basically the same show with some additions and it's probably the last time. 
So come check it out. I'm really, I'm really excited to do it again. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I mean, your show really kind of blends everything. It's a bit of improv. It's a bit of stand-up comedy. It's a bit of musical theater. It's a bit of nighttime spectacular. But I wasn't really aware that there was an overlap between musical theater and Disney Parks fandom. Did you know that going in or did you discover that once you put the show up? It's funny. When, when I had um, started in Dear Evan Hansen, I really wanted, I, I tweeted something like, okay, I need everyone on Broadway who is a Disney Parks nerd to Let's make a group chat. And we did. It was me. And I'm going to throw some names out. Rachel Zegler was in that group chat. Uh, Stephanie Styles, David Alpert, who has a podcast called E-Ticket to Broadway, which is about this. And he, I don't think they had it yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it's about the Disney Parks nerds who are Broadway nerds. Leslie Margarita and and my dear friend Alex Boniello. Um, I think that was it. So I, I did know that there was an overlap here because... It's this kind of this. It's the same part of our brain. It's the same part of our brain that likes both both things. And if there are people who are not overlapping fans of both, it's probably because they've discovered one and not the other. Because you grew up going to the parks for such a long time each year, was there a point in your life where you switched from like this is my family vacation to I am a fan of this and I am seeking out information, or was it just the whole time? It's so crazy. I don't know when it became about the history of it. I don't I don't know how that happened. I know I remember growing up and watching like Defunct Land, who Kevin actually like consulted on the show and like just history videos. I remember watching it. I don't know when my brain started doing this thing that it does now where it just consumes it and keeps it. I loved it though. I know I've always loved it, but I don't know when it became my own thing. I truly don't, which is very funny, like to think about the fact that I was like two months old in Disney World, just being like, well, the interesting thing about Mr. Toad's Wild Ride <laughs> is actually like, no, that didn't. That's not what happened. <laughs> well, in all of your research and all of your learning, is there any one Disney tidbit you've come across that you you're just can't believe is real that like for me, there's always a few things when I'm talking to people who aren't Disney people. I'm like, well, it is cool because of this or like all these interesting, yeah, like yeah. it's a great community because of the like oh, just random stuff. <laughs> like, do you have things like that that you always relay to friends? I don't want to bring up the like the girl who died in um, America Sings, but I, it, but I will. That, it, <laughs> Uh, but I will because that haunted me from the moment, like when I, w- I heard about that when I was pretty young and maybe that's how it started. I was looking up like urban legends and stuff, but I've learned that that one is, is apparently true. And something about, because I, I, I knew that a lot of the America Sings animatronics had been moved to Splash Mountain. And so I heard about this story of this girl who died on America Sings. And then every time I'd go on Splash Mountain, I'd be like, these eyes have seen death. Like the eyes of these animatronics have have seen death, and I would get like feel a dread in my heart that I I is reserved for very few moments in my life. Like every time I would go past the zippity lady on Splash Mountain, I would feel so terrified in my soul. <laughs> um, so that's that's something that I now share pretty freely with people. Oh my god! Like I, I knew every facet of that story, but just never put them together in that way. Don't. I'm sorry to give that to you. <laughs> no, listen. Like Splash Mountain is on its way out. Thank God. So yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, so I'm fine with it. Uh, but I never put it together that yeah, those animatronics have seen more death than I have. 
<laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes, it's true. They've really lived yeah. a life. It's not just like a sing they've song lived. happy time. Yeah, it, it, they're ready to go for that reason. They're, they've lived. Well, who, I, who's to say that they won't, that they'll, they won't hang out. They could t- very reasonably stay in the Princess and the Frog ride. I, I could, I would say. But um, they've lived a life. They have. You're right. Is there, along those <laughs> lines, is there any like fun secret that you've come across that really like excited you that you. Yes. And it's also kind of a spooky one. And I'm sorry. <laughs> but Loves the haunted mansion. Loves the girl who died in America 6. Yeah, I like spook. I do yeah. like kind of like spooky stuff, I guess. But um, the fact that the the heads on the wall in Country Bear Jamboree have been kept in the Winnie the Pooh ride in Disneyland, that they're still there. When I discovered this and then saw it with my own eyes, kind of a similar thing where I was like, I think this is how I die. Like I like, but I love pointing it out and being like, don't you just feel terrible knowing that, you know, it's, it's so, they are immobile and in the dark and it's so scary. Like it really feels like you're not supposed to look at them. I know. You know, like it's like you're seeing something you're not supposed to see in that moment, but I feel pretty cool that I know about it. I mean, that's a great one, especially if, you know, you're going with friends and they do not know you can really terrify them <laughs> have them turn around and have them go oh oh god you know it's very scary yeah. it's very unsettling um generally speaking what is the last thing in the realm of theme parks that you got really really excited about i'm very excited about cosmic rewind i was very excited to god it's everything that's the thing i really wish i could pin it down but i was so excited for galactic star cruiser like and i and i still am i still am excited about galactic star cruiser and i'm hopeful you haven't gone I, it sounds like i haven't gone i haven't had time and 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 but i you know what i will i i'm gonna go when when a, a few of my friends were together on the day the prices were announced and i wasn't there with them but a few of my friends were together and i i was texted as i texted them like oh my god look at this right before that they had had a conversation like who's going to spend this money? And my friend Alex was like, well, Andrew, that's that's who's going to spend it. That's the only person. And that's correct. That's what I want to spend my money on in this lifetime that I have is Galactic Star Cruiser. I wrote one story where I spoke to people who went on it outside of my own experience. And the things they said, the quotes they gave me, I, I like people who had never felt like they've been their true selves more than being in this environment, just people getting oh emotional. Yeah, so for... For someone who is very interested in doing it, it really, it really can pay dividends. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I'm very, very excited. I may have just forced you into booking, but... <laughs> no, no, no. I've been meaning to, and I'm trying to convince my my friends, Will Rowland and Steph Wessels, to come with me. And I'm saying that so that the internet, when they hear this, can pressure them into going with yeah, me. Yeah, listen, um, we're a, really we're a pro-bullying podcast exclusively for making your friends go on Star Cruiser with you. Everything else, yeah, no, go no, on no. Galactic Star Cruiser. <laughs> yeah, yeah pro-bullying into going on Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah, I, they're huge Star Wars nerds, like way more than I am, actually. And I'm like watching Clone Wars just so that they'll go with me. Like they're like, we'll go with you if you watch Clone Wars. I'm like, I guess I'm going to watch Clone Wars now. Of the Disney franchises, is Star Wars your speed or is there one that you care about more than that oh i god that's so hard that's such a good question i love star wars star wars is huge for me star wars was huge for me in like middle school my my friend and i wrote a star wars parody musical that we did after tour below a few years ago which was very funny um like it's huge for me are there ones i care are there disney franchises i care more about than star wars probably 
I do love Marvel. That's kind of more my speed right now, I think, because I can catch up on all of it and I'm here to watch all of it. I don't have to like go back. Um, and same with like Pixar. I, Pixar is probably my biggest thing, like more than anything else. Pixar is really where my heart is, I think. I mean, you've kind of like tapped a toe into the universe with the TikTok musical. I have, I have. That was that was a big uh, that was a big deal. That was a big deal being in Ratatouille. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a big deal for everyone because you know a lot of fans who are at the level I'm at, like we we knew about this the day it started, <laughs> and then to yeah. see it just become like a New Year's celebration is is wild. And now uh, you're like tangentially in the Pixar universe. That's the thing. I'm like, at least for right now, and I'm I'm kind of visualizing and manifesting that it, it won't be the last time. But going on the Ratatouille ride, it's the it's the first time that I can feel even sort of approximately comfortable pointing to a guy and being like, hey, it's me. You yeah. know, like a, a little bit that I am the in the world. I am that guy like in the physical plane. As far as many people are concerned, I'm that guy. And that's pretty awesome. Oh, my God. Brilliant casting. It was, I mean, it just like, I, I'm, I am that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like I just like, existed out in the world being Linguini from Ratatouille. Yes. <laughs> so it, it was, it was awesome. I was very thankful to be part of that. It was, it was quite nuts. Oh my God. Now that you've sort of kind of been Linguini, is there any other character that you've now thought of in any Disney franchise where you're like, I wish I could play that part? I've been kind of holding out on talking about this because I'm like, I might want to do something with this. But now I kind of am doing something with it in a way that I'm just going to start talking about it. I would love to be Ian in Onward. And I like I that is also the same thing. Like, I'm just that guy walking around in the world, not an elf. And I I have written some songs for like a musical version of Onward. And I'm like in my head, it was for like a Parks or a Cruise thing. And now I've decided the best way to go up forward with it is to talk about it like that's how things work for me i was keeping it very secret um so i, I maybe there will be a, a song from it added at some points as a park map perhaps oh um, which would be pretty fun very cool wow to that's know. a fun little tidbit Ooh, i love fun little tidbit to drop oh my gosh yeah because yeah, onward is is it still your favorite pixar movie because turning red has come out turning red is up there i actually what okay so what's funny is i i if you ask me what my favorite pixar movie is my answer is onward but i did it when the, when ign did that ranking recently which i did not have really qualms with personally because that's my that's what i love about pixar is everyone has different opinions about it i was like i need to really know what my what my list is and so i took like a, a quiz um online and the question that the quiz asks you and you're like ranking them by, side by side and the question that the quiz asks you is if you could take one to a desert island which would it be? And you choose between two. And I really, really thought about it. Like, I really thought about every decision I made. And when I got the list at the end, my number one was Monsters University. Wait, that's my favorite. That's nobody's favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so safe right now. Nobody appreciates it. I could watch it and finish it and then start it again and watch it again. Like, I'm Absolutely. not saying it's the best Pixar movie or even that it's necessarily I would classify as my favorite. But it is the one that I will watch forever. Yep. Oh, my God. I feel so great about that. Me too. That's your favorite. It is my personal favorite, but that's because I tend to like in the Disney umbrella, the Walt Disney Company umbrella. Uh, I love yep. characters and storylines where like the characters work. <laughs> they like have a goal. <laughs> They're kind of just like just like people. <laughs> yeah. Like I love Princess and the yeah. Frog. She has a job. I, I love Monsters University because they're just like trying to get their dream job. They're working so hard. And the movie is yeah. is so watchable. I watch it all the time. I watch it on airplanes. It's so good. I'm so happy to have a kindred spirit and loving it. Also, oh my God. um, 
I know that I believe you have not gone to the Tokyo parks yet. I haven't, and I'm so desperate to. I know, it's really bad timing, because no one has been able to go. But they have a, a real a real reverence for Monsters University merchandise that no will way. blow your mind. Oh my god, I, I had a Roar Omega Roar t-shirt when I was younger. I was, when I, when I saw that movie, like, that was the kind of kid I was, was that when I saw that movie, I was like, oh my god, I want to be the cool guy for us. Like, <laughs> no, that's not the point. No, you're supposed but to want to so be in the I'd house. Just, <laughs> yeah, of course you want to be in Uzma Kappa. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, that's that's the cool one. But when I was little, I was like, God, those guys are so cool over there <laughs> for Baker Roar. I completely missed. It's not like that's a very good indicator of what kind of kid I was, yeah. I think. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> uh but yeah, like they still it's still a thing there. So you will feel very much at home oh, when you go, not that's if you awesome. go. That's like how Disneyland Paris, like, however much Stitch you think there is, there's more Stitch. They love Stitch so much. And I love Stitch, too. So I felt very, very good going there. Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quince, but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying... Everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses. And the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're up here with $50 Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym. It's like it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their Ultraform bike shorts and high-rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Random question for you, because I feel like you're going to have an answer. Do you have a favorite ride attendant costume? Oh, my God. I'm going kind of free free flow here. Okay. Tower of Terror comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Galaxy's Edge in general comes to mind. I love that everyone gets to choose. I think the Toy Story Land costumes are fun. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's such a good question. What's your answer? What do you think? I always, I kind of always like Small World because sometimes there's like a little hat or like the one in yeah, France. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I know the costume it, at Disneyland Paris is very fun. And every time I see it, I'm like, can they change outfits with me? Um, otherwise, <laughs> like a general Big Thunder Mountain Railroad vibe. I'm very into. Oh, that's a that's a really good answer. Yeah, Frontierland, yeah. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Like a khaki. That's a great yeah. answer. <laughs> that's a really good answer. Very, very into it. Any like adventure, I remember when I was little, this is such a weird specific fantasy that I had, but I had a fantasy of walking around. <laughs> I, had a, I wanted to walk around the Magic Kingdom with a bag of hats, like a dip, like, like a hat that was like, you know, a cowboy hat for Frontierland, like a, like a fuzzy astronaut helmet for Tomorrowland and change hats in every land to like fully immerse myself in what was going on. Like that was a real fantasy I had growing up. <laughs> Wait, Maybe I'll do it one day. It's so funny to hear you say this, having seen uh, online, not in person, but seen online your yeah. version of Phantasmic as part of Park Map, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is kind of- and that's what I do. Kind of that. Like <laughs> you kind of made all your dreams come true. I just wear a lot of hats. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That section of the show was the first idea I had. Like whenever I do a Fit Purple solo show, I'm going to do that. That was my idea. So I'm. I, it was very good to finally get to do that. And yes, I just put on a lot of hats. That's true. Yeah, it's incredible. I was, your show did get me thinking that if they were ever, because you're such a Disney history buff and you know so much information, if they were ever to write and stage a show a la Lehman Trilogy about the Walt Disney Company <laughs> history, like who would you want to play? What Imagineer would you want to be on stage as? Oh my God. <laughs> Did um, I unlock like a future Broadway dream? <laughs> yes. See, of course I would love for my answer to be Joe Rody, but I know that's not me. Like I'm not that cool. So I think I could do a Tony Baxter. I think I could do a good Tony Baxter. I would love to bring, uh, no, I, you know what? Actually, Tony Baxter is my answer. Tony Baxter is my answer. I love Tony Baxter. And I think me with a little mustache being like, I just want to, you know, get weird, I think is cool. You can definitely I think that's play a, this that's part. A fun idea. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Oh God, no! Now I'm gonna go write a Tony Baxter musical. That's so bad. You just gave me that idea. Hey, we <laughs> we need a sequel or perhaps an Act Two to what Park Map is right now. It's fine. Yeah, we yeah, Act Two. The sequel is me uh, doing a solo show <laughs> as Tony Baxter. It's so funny. <laughs> I think like like this listenership to this podcast is the crossover audience for that. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is it. Uh-huh. This is yeah. This is who's gonna like my Tony Baxter musical. I mean, yeah, that's a good we idea. would love it. Like <laughs> like a like a. Can you imagine like a Broadway style song about 
inventing figment wow come on i mean you then well then you're also getting into the territory of which i've thought about quite a bit actually a figment musical where the Dreamfinder sings a song about inventing figment and that is a beautiful idea i have okay so i for real have because they're making the society of explorers and adventurers tv series i'm like i need to be ready for when i'm in the room at disney and they're like what do you want to do which is like and so i have in my pocket not literally but i have a one sheet treatment for a figment tv show at the ready what i have it at the ready it's based on the comics the the the, like marvel comics that they did a few years ago which are great i i know what a figment tv show is supposed to be so if anyone wants to know what a figment tv show should be and wants to make it please call my agent and he'll still send you my one sheet treatment oh my god call that agent we need this show listen one day but i want to i don't i thought very much about because i want to be in it obviously i thought very very much about whether i should be Dreamfinder or figment and i'm i maybe in a I'd love to voice Pigment. I'd love to voice Pigment, but being Dreamfinder sounds very complex. The the version of him, the Blair Mercuria that I uh, I have cultivated alongside the incredible people throughout the comics. This is these are the things I think about. I I'm kept awake at night, Carly, <laughs> thinking about these things. <laughs> um, listen, I don't want to I don't want to keep you up another night, but I do want to float the idea that please you are the perfect fit for this. You have a wide wow. array of talent. What if you played both parts? <laughs> Listen, hey, there's something to it because Figment is a figment of his imagination. This is what I'm saying. That's, I mean, it's... that's a little wow, <laughs> right? Maybe, or maybe, maybe the show won't get produced for a long, long time, and then I'll be Doctor Nigel Channing. So I don't know, <laughs> but so like, let, let's see. But wow, that's no. Now I am gonna. That's on. That's a possibility now. I, I mean, I don't want, I don't think anyone else is at the same level of fandom and talent. There's nobody else who could be in this. Well, it's gotta I, be I you. I certainly know, I know I'm the guy. <laughs> yes. I recently did, I, I, I recently did have the chance to yell at somebody who works at Disney and be like, hey, you know, this society of explorers and adventurers stuff you're doing, can I sweep the floor? Can I be a production assistant? I will do anything. Like, and I obviously I'd love to like be in it or be in the room, but like I'll do, I will just watch. I'll be a COVID supervisor. I don't care. <laughs> Just get me in the room, please. Oh my God, they have to let you in. It's you. You love this. I know. I love it so much. And I, I, they, they, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers, we'll make fingers it crossed that something happens somewhere here with this. Listen, I will shoot this podcast out into the universe and do what I can to make Thank your you dreams come true. <laughs> That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Oh my God. I think we've reached the lightning lane round with just a bunch oh of God. questions for you, which I don't ever call the lightning lane round to anyone else because they won't understand it, but you will. So we're I know exactly it. what yes. you're talking about, obviously. <laughs> okay. Would you rather spend the night in Cinderella Castle or spend an hour out in Magic Kingdom completely alone? Oh, my God. Not easy. Uh, Not I, easy. No, actually, definitely the hour in Magic Kingdom alone. 100%. Actually, that's my... Really? Yes, because I, I know Cinderella's Castle is very, like, I know what I'm getting with an hour in Magic Kingdom alone, and that's really exciting. With Cinderella's Castle, I'm like, oh, my God, here I go. And then I'm like, oh, well, it's, it's time to go to sleep, I guess. You know, like, no, I want to be, being in Magic Kingdom with nobody else there is uh, definitely a dream of mine. Would you spend it all in Haunted Mansion, or would you bounce around? Oh, uh, I would I would bounce around. Oh, it's actually funny that, well, okay, one, one of my dreams, and I think I mentioned this on the D23 podcast too, is to be in Carousel of Progress alone and in each individual room go up on the stage and just like talk back to them. 
Um, so that's one. And two is I've had pro- I had probably the worst anxiety attack of my life on Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin because I I was in Disneyland alone. I'm going to tell this as quickly as possible. I was in Disneyland alone really, really late. It was like 10 p.m. And so nobody was in Toontown. And so I was like, oh, let me go to Toontown. I go to Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. There's nobody in the building. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. About half. I'm like sitting there. There's nobody there. I'm on the ride. About halfway through the ride, I go, this is how I get murdered. I know 100% I'm going to die right now. And I start sweating and freaking out. And then I get off the ride. And you know the imagineering adage that fear minus death equals fun. And a big part of me was like, I want to do that again. I want to have that experience again. And so I went on Winnie the Pooh and tried to like recreate it. But I it didn't. Once I got through it, it wasn't as scary. Oh my God. I've had like a similar feeling, but not as intense before when I went to an event with a friend and it involved riding everything in Fantasyland as many times as possible after hours. And wow. it was like my 12th time on Pinocchio where I was like, is this a fever dream? Will yeah, yeah, I survive yeah. the carnival? <laughs> it's scary. It's like, it's yeah. weird to be scared in a place that you're that familiar with. Yes. Yes. I, there's a certain point where you're like, because this, this it, it's so, those rooms on those dark rides are so vast and so littered with stuff that it's like, I don't, I feel like maybe I'm not supposed to be here right now. Like they need to do their own thing. These yes. animatronics or yes. figures. Like I need to, I need to get out of here. I think. Yep. <laughs> I feel yeah. I was uh, literally so- like, I think I was screaming like these weasels are going to kill me. Like I, I really thought I was going to die. I was probably like 14 or something. I, I was certain I was going to die. Oh, it was God. Crazy. oh God. You've been reading too many Wikipedias about deaths in Disneyland. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, on a, on a lighter note, if you yeah. could star <laughs> in anything with the Muppets, what would it be? Okay. This is not really the answer to the question. But the, I want the Muppets to do a residency at New York City Center one season and just do a bunch of show, like do like Phantom of the Opera. You know, like I just want to see the Muppets do musicals and I will do anything with them. I'll be oh in anything. God. Also, the Muppets 2011 is quite literally my favorite movie of all time. So I I, it might, I can't give no one answer. Um, I've fan cast the Muppets in just about every musical that there is. I don't know if I have it in my back pocket, but I've, I used to do this as like a hobby, like really thinking about who the Muppets would be in musicals and also who hum- like which of them would be humans because there's always humans with the Muppets. So who's going to be humans here? Um, that's that's a fun game to to sit around and do. So oh my I, that's my answer. Muppets City Center. Wait, who would be Phantom? Uh, Gonzo. <laughs> Can you imagine the mask? <laughs> yeah, it'd be so big, and yeah, it'd be like so big. Hey, you're not really hiding anything, buddy. Like, <laughs> it's not like I get it. I know what's under there. Oh my god, it's bringing me so much joy. Um, could be Ralph too. Ralph could also be the no. Ralph is maybe Raúl actually. Raúl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Ralph! it. Oh my god, I just saw it again on Broadway recently because I had a free night. I went back home to New York, had a free night, was like, I'm going alone to see Phantom. And now I'm obsessed again. Oh, good, good. Sometimes you need that Phantom bell rung for you. Really did. That's exactly what it was. And it was (laughs) perfect. Um, Who is your favorite meet and greet character? I like weird ones. I like DuckTales characters. So I, I really like meeting Launchpad. I love meeting Baymax. I never really go. It's always like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wait in line for this. Like, it's got to really be like, I'm not really going to meet Anna and Elsa. Although it was a tradition that if I was ever in the park by myself, I would go meet Ariel by myself. 
Like that was very important to me to have photos of me, just me, especially as like a, a, a teenager, like, especially when I was like 14, 15, like there was something very funny to me about going to Ariel and her being like, are you a prince? I'm like, no, not really. Like, just like be taking it very seriously. It was just for me. She'd be like, will you teach me how to sail? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. We'll book a time. Perfect. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. Um, what is a theme park rumor you've always wondered about? If there are any you have not solved. Uh, well, I wondered about the basketball court in the Matterhorn for a long time. And now I know that that is in fact true. Thank you. Imagineering story, which is excellent. So, uh, oh God, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I guess that's, that's the best. That's probably the closest thing I have to an answer. But also I'm always curious about like rides that have maybe been kicked around or are being kicked around. I'm always like, well, this is a real thing or is this like just something that they're talking about on the the old uh, tabloids? Yeah. You know, like is is the, like is there is yeah. this really going to happen or no? Um, and trying to figure that out and parse through that is always a joy, and it happens every like year. Yeah. So if you hear anything that, about fine. happily ever after coming back, just let me know. I won't. I probably. It's funny. You think like I know Jordan. You think maybe he'd do the me the honor of communicating that to me, but I don't believe that he would. I've heard a lot of things on both sides. And at this point, I'm just praying, just hoping and praying. I really hope so. I really, really, really hope so for everyone's sake. Oh, it's a perfect show. It's a perfect oh. show. I love Enchantment for the record, but Happily Ever After is just the greatest. Mm. Uh, to okay. not disparage anything in this interview, I will just move on to the next question. Gotcha. That's all right. <laughs> uh, if you were hired for a one-month run in any Disney Parks live production, so like a hoop-dee-doo, an Indiana mm-hmm. Jones epic stunt spectacular, mm-hmm. is there one that you would immediately want to do? Marlon in Finding Nemo the Musical. Wow! That's the easiest answer I've ever given to anything. I, I do my Nemo medley in, in the show. I, I was like, growing up, I was always like, oh God, just give me like 30 years. I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. I really would love to do it. I think I would be a very good nervous dad in, uh, not right now, but give me some time. I would love Love to do that. Wow. Um, how do you feel about the show being changed? Cautiously optimistic. That's Same. that's my that's my answer. Whatever it is is great as long as those songs are still there. Like it's not about like it's it's truncated so much that it's not about the arc of the story. Even though I do, I cry every time. Yes, sometimes I see it twice in the same day and I cry both times. But like I I, I as long as it's this, those songs are still there, I think that's that's all that matters. Yep. Uh, who is your Disney idol? Like, is there someone that you, if you met them, you would absolutely lose your mind or have you met them? And what was it like? Like a, like a human being in the world? Yeah. Like I was thinking maybe a Tony Baxter or like someone oh. who was in something you watched growing up that you are obsessed with. Um, you, someone who very much, I think occupies the space that I would really like to occupy in the way, as far as Disney is concerned is Neil Patrick Harris. And I, he, he came and saw me and Dear Evan Hansen and we like, we got lunch together and just talked about, about Disney and, and our love for it. And so that was pretty awesome. That was really, really cool to, to, to get to like pick his brain about all the things he's sort of gotten to do in being basically Mr. Disney for a while, like doing the candlelight (laughs) processional, like in the space that Lin-Manuel occupies as well, who I've gotten to meet a few times and we have not talked about Disney on either of the occasions that we met, which I think is perhaps a big missed opportunity but that's okay maybe next time oh yeah i mean that's that's perfect because it's like people who have gotten the call to do the gig and it's like those 
those calls will come. But they're yeah. They, they, I mean, I don't. I'm definitely not the guy to do the candlelight processional specifically, considering <laughs> yeah. I am a Jew. But yeah. like I, some stuff like that, I'm like, just put, just let me do so. And I've gotten they like the social media t- on Disney has reached out to me a few times, and it's never worked out for me to like do the thing of going and taking videos and stuff. But um, I really want to. I that's that's the space I really want to occupy. Yeah. Well, uh, as a fellow Jew, one of my big things every year is that uh, I like to raise awareness for Shrek because he is yes. a is is a canonically Jewish character, which I will scream. Is that true? Yes, it is. It is. His name is Yiddish. Um, the story oh of Shrek God. before the movie was an allegory for like Jews in the Pale of Settlement. Like it's it's a whole thing, <sighs> and I'm really trying to make Shrek be a Jewish hero because we really don't have in park representation character wise during November and December, oh. which is a sixth of the year that we have nothing to point at. We have so nothing to point at. It's nice to know that we have someone in a position to be talent <sighs> within you if there's <laughs> yeah, yeah, ever yeah. an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, to do a, a Passover thing at Epcot or something. <laughs> yes, oh, God. No, because that would be been, awesome. No, nobody should be having like matzah as a small plate that they eat on top of a trash can at a festival. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. No, that's yeah, true. Yeah. All right, guys, welcome to the American Adventure. Let's atone for our sins, everybody. Oh, no. Let's do it. Happy Yom Kippur. I don't oh, think God. that's the, I, well, I don't think that's a job I should really take, uh-uh. but it'd be, it'd be fun. But to know if they need someone to represent Hanukkah in those months, they got it. Hey, that's me. I can be I can be Mr. Disney Park Hanukkah. Yes. Oh, but listen, make make Figment Jewish. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yes. Make put slap a yarmulke on Figment, <laughs> give him a keeper and a tallest, and let's make Figment Jewish. That's that's my new campaign. I love it. I like I might have to circle back about this come December because I think that's great. Also, Figment is maybe the character embodiment of a fun young boy keeper, you know, where it like looks like a baseball or it's like knitted. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Figment. Like the fun, funky keeper. That's Figment. Figment is a young, funky keeper. Yes. Yes. That's absolutely true. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Let's have Figment be Figment's the representation for everything else. Like, let him just be Jewish too. He could be anything. I love this. Well, we'll write it into your show. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Figment perfect. is canonically Jewish, not Dreamfinder. Fig- Figment. Figment just is Figment. independently of Dreamfinder Jewish. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> oh my God! It's perfect. Um, uh, that's all I have. <laughs> um, well, that's a really yeah. good note to end that on. Thank you so much uh, for chatting with me. This is such a pleasure to bring you into the the very amusing world of Disney fandom. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. This was the best. Hey, Carly, this is Kaylee from Florida. I love your podcast and I listen to all the episodes on repeat. I have a question for you in the pod after a quick explanation. So one of my favorite things to look for while riding Spaceship Earth is to see which final record will be at the front of the stack in the moon landing living room scene. There appears to be an extensive collection of Disney vintage final records. I've seen Lady and the Tramp, Jungle Book, Mary Poppins, etc. And so we always look forward to seeing which one's up front. So are there things that you know change in a ride on a regular basis and look forward to seeing or looking out for? And also, who changes these things? Thank you so much and have a magical day. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. What a legendary call. I knew this episode was going to run long, so I decided to only do one churros call in it. 
And this had to be it. This is, I needed, I needed to spread the word to the people as quickly as possible. So I, I never knew this. I'm, I'm happy to admit that I never knew this. I never noticed this. Um, when I'm passing through that scene, I'm usually like, wow, thinking of Mad Men, wishing I had the furniture, getting ready to see my girl on the right. And we go into the next scene. But you are absolutely correct, and I want to start there. I was able to confirm this uh, anonymously with some people who work on the attraction. And yes, the records do change, and anybody that works there can change it. Apparently, it's done when they're doing a, a track walk in the morning before opening, or they can just do it whenever they want, it seems. It's not a specific time frame or a person who does it. Anyone can do it, usually during opening or closing procedures. Uh, and they are actual records. They're not props. They are truly records. Wow. Uh, I'm never going to be able to go on this attraction without looking out for this. So thank you for this tip and for noticing it because you were absolutely right. People are, people be changing them and I had no clue. Now, in terms of other rides, I really racked my brain and I asked a few people and I can't really think of anything that changes. I, there's got to be something, but I'm really drawing a blank. So if anyone out there knows of or has changed something within an attraction they've worked on, a friend's worked on, or they've seen it happen just from being on a ride vehicle, I would love to know. Like, is someone low-key moving the props around in the Haunted Mansion? Somebody tell me. But uh, off the top of my head, I got nothing, but I'm I'm opening it to the audience. So please let me know if you do. Thank you for this wonderful call. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we look at Spaceship Earth in a whole new way. Wow, incredible. Thanks so much for calling. That's our show. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you to Andrew Berth Feldman for coming on the show. You can find Andrew on Twitter at Andrew B. Feldman, but... As you know, he won't be following you back or seeing any of your tweets or on Instagram at Andrew B. Feldman underscore. You can live stream Andrew's show Park Map this upcoming Monday on May 23rd. The link is in the show notes and do note it's a live stream, not an on-demand thing. And it's at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So clear your calendar. I did and I couldn't be more excited. You can rate, review, and follow Very Amusing on Apple Podcasts or rate and follow us on Spotify. A very special thank you to Adriana Duran and, and CMS or CMs, not sure which one, for your lovely reviews on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. It is how people find out about this podcast. It is how people know that this is for them. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who takes the time to write me a little love note on this little public message board or to give it five stars or to just tell a friend about it because word of mouth is really how this all works. Speaking of word of mouth, you can give us a call any minute of the day at 747-CHUROS. Now, I need to clarify because I said you can text us. You can text us. We, we get the texts. However, if uh, I've been getting some really good questions via text and the problem is I can't, if I don't have, if I don't have a voicemail for them, I can't play them. And I know calling and leaving a voicemail is so stressful. I do it for another podcast I like. And every time it's like all the blood drains from my entire body and I feel like a corpse and it's terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. But unfortunately we, we can't, I can't really play it because then it's me answering my own question and then it'll seem weird. But if you want to send, text us a voice note or email a voice note to 747churros at gmail.com, either 
of those work. Or if you're super, super nervous about it, you just want to text us a question and be like, should I call in, uh, approve this? I'm scared. I'm happy to do that. Uh, but really, uh, we have people all the time, all the time who call and leave a voicemail and then call back and leave another one and then call back a third time because they're like, eh, I didn't do it right. I need to re-record it. And that's totally fine. The way it shows up on my end, it's all in a row. So I just play the newest one first. I don't even have to listen to the early drafts. You're in a safe space. It's totally okay. So we've been getting so many great churros calls lately. We are truly stacked right now. It is incredible. So if you want to call in with your questions, comments, concerns, hot takes, gripes, whatever, please feel free to leave us a message. Don't feel weird about it. It's totally cool. You can send those messages through text. You can text me if you want, if you just want to be like, is it okay? Or you can send those voice notes to 747 at gmail.com. We'll take them anyway. But sadly, we do need the audio to be able to play your lovely, lovely questions on the air. So thank you to anyone who has um, reached out and been okay with recording it after. I I love you guys. You're all the best. Uh, As a reminder, we will be off next week, but we will be back promptly after that. No more big old chunky season breaks. We're out here just doing a weekly podcast and I'm staying afloat and it's been great. I mean, how great have the past three weeks been? Oh my gosh. A merchandise update, 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 update. Many, 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 many. I want to say nearly all orders are going out this week. I am so jazzed about it. Uh, I will be replenishing the website once that's all done. I just want to make sure we have enough extra stock for anyone who has returns. So I'm probably going to wait a week or two and then I will refill the website at very-amusing.com. Got to know my own URL. Oh boy. Uh, and we will, we ordered enough to restock every size that they make for all of our merch, which is very important to me to be size inclusive, to make sure that no one who is at one size versus another size has to pay more. That is very important to me. That is worked into the bottom line. So we will be restocking the store. I just want to make sure we accommodate everyone who pre-ordered and then we will have stuff on the site and I'm currently working on round two. So get excited. You can follow me at Carly Wiesel on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. I am online all day long. So come say hi. Or you can join my family, the Facebook family at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. This episode was edited swimmingly by Jeff Fox. Also, I don't know why I said my family. It's the family. I panicked. I misread my notes. Ignore me. It's the family. I do not take ownership over them. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and see you real soon. Hey, honey, it's me. Okay. So I have not listened to this week's podcast yet because you told me that I should watch the movie Turning Red. So I just watched it. It's like 12 o'clock in the middle of the day. So if the phone rings, sorry. But I just watched it, and so many things are going through my head. First of all, May is the cutest. The cutest. I thought her name was Mimi because her mom calls her Mimi and her grandmother calls her May May, but her name is May. I got that. Sandra O. Awesome. I wasn't sure if it was her or the girl from Crazy Asians, but it was amazing. So I started to think about this movie as I'm watching it. I felt like Oprah's book club where I see the, I read the book before I talk about it. So I did what you said. I watched the movie. And all I could think of is that maybe you relate the mom to me. I have not heard the podcast, but I have a feeling that helicopter mom, Audrey, you are going to equate me with May's mother. But I understand that because you are the love of my life, and I have to make sure you are protected. Yes, I did walk you to school. Yes, I did drive you every day to high school. Yes, these are things that a mom's supposed to do to protect her little beautiful baby. But 
I do remember some things where I wasn't so nice, where you went to a prom and the guy, I don't know what happened to him, disappeared and you were at the, he was really mean to you or something and you walked away from him and at three in the morning you called and I picked you up and I was going with guns and blazes. I was going to get this boy, like Rebecca DeMornay from the hand that rocks the cradle, but I was going after him and because you're my baby. But now I look back and maybe you think that was too much. I don't know. I have to listen to the podcast. But I love you so, so much. So I'm like all fired up now to see what you actually did say about me. So I'll talk to you in about 10, 12 hours when dad goes to sleep and the house is quiet and I'll call you back. But I love you. And I did all these things because I love and adore you. All right, sweetheart, you better be nice. I'm going to go find out. Love you. Bye. Hey, sweetness, it's mom. Okay, I, you know that I love turning red because I already told you that earlier. Um, this episode is awesome. I see myself in so many of these stories, but I didn't re- ever really hide behind a tree, but come close, I guess, or maybe you didn't see me. But these two powerhouse women, they were directing and producing an Academy Award movie is so over-the-top amazing. I'm so proud of them. That is just amazing. I love that. This was a great podcast, and it brought back many, many memories. You know, I didn't let you go to concerts at 11 and 13 by yourself, of course, but we did see, I remember Julio Iglesias, Britney Spears, and your favorite, which I saved up a lot of money. This one was a real expensive one, Hanson. I got to the T-shirt. We got in the car, and you and I went, and you were crushing on Zach a little bit. So I did get main floor, and I said, you, come on, Carly, come with me. And I ushered you right up to the front of the stage and told you to turn around real quick, and Zach was right there at the end, and I took a picture of you guys. So that was pretty exciting. But I have to admit, I am very overprotective. I do send you articles, like Lindsay was saying, but you know what? You forbid me to do it, so I have stopped, and yes, I do talk to you on your walks and in your car rides home, and yes, I do make you stay on the phone with me to you get inside the house and make you check around, and I did tell you I have a direct line on my cell phone to the L.A. police, and I know it sounds crazy, but just in case, I need to be prepared and I need to protect you. But to hear that Lindsay has some ways that I've never thought of is so intriguing to me that I'm not going to stalk Lindsay. I will not do that. She invited me to call her. I will find her number. I'm not going to ask you, but I will call her because she is a hoot, and I would love to talk to her. So I have one more story, and I'm hoping not taking up too much time. You might have to shorten your podcast interview next week. But I have one little fast story to tell. I'll tell it really fast. So I remember when you were single and you lived in New York, and I would come to visit you very, very often. And one day, your cell phone was dead, and we needed to go out to dinner, so you used my phone to call an Uber. So when I got home, for months, months, months after, I came home from New York every time, day or night, that you took an Uber, since you used my phone, somehow I got a copy of everywhere you were going. I got a picture of your driver, his license plates, the car make. I was able to see where you were coming and going. This was the greatest gift ever. And they did swear on his life. He would not tell you about it.
Hi, honey. I had no idea that there's maybe an end to this recording because I got cut off mid-sentence. Did you shorten it so I can't make long, long announcements? Oh, my God. Okay, well, let me get back to Dad. So I swore, I made him swear he would never tell you. I'll wrap it up real quick. So um, you did find out. You did take it off. You were a little upset with me, but sorry. This is what you call, not stalking, but crazy love. I adore you. I love you so much. And moms and dads, mostly moms, will go to this great extent to make sure that your safety is always 100% okay. So with this podcast, this was one of my favorites. I loved it. I love you so much. You are turning into me. I see how you are with Morty. You're very mothering like I am. So you got the gene, baby. I love you, love you, love you. I will see you in a few days. I'm so excited. And until then, have a wonderful week. Bye, everybody.